Hello everyone, I'm Joel Van Hoogen, and this is The Bread of Life. Our program is supported by your gifts, but it's brought to you out of the heart of two ministries. One is Church Partnership Evangelism, where I've been the executive director for over 30 years. We're a disciple-making ministry among the nations. To learn more, go to traincpe.org. The other ministry is the Bread of Life Fellowship in Boise, Idaho, where I'm the Bible teacher, and the Scripture is the word that we feed on. We're considering the wonderful words today of Romans chapter 3, verse 22. There we have a promise of a righteousness of God that comes to us through faith in Jesus Christ. Here are some of the key words we'll consider today. This righteousness is to all and upon all who believe in Him. And the first thing I want you to see in this passage that you have before you, so you've got verses 21 and 22 before you of Romans chapter 3. The first thing I want you to see is that God is offering a universal righteousness to all and upon all who believe in Jesus Christ. It says to all and upon all. So do you see that in verse 22? This righteousness is to all and upon all. To all. Let's think about that for a second. It doesn't depend upon your national status. If you're not a Jew, you're not excluded from this. It's to all. It comes to all. It doesn't depend upon your heritage or your parentage. It doesn't depend upon the moral attainments that you've acquired up to this point or your lack of moral attainments. You're not disqualified by your sins. You're not disqualified by your parentage. You're not disqualified by what you didn't receive or haven't received or where you're from. It's to all who believe regardless of their past identity. Remember when the angel came and announced the birth of the Lord Jesus? He said, Behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. Right? It comes to everyone. Some years ago, I was in my first church. I was a youth pastor. A knock came to my door. A young woman wanted to speak to me. I'd never met her before. I'd never seen her. Uh, for some reason, she felt herself directed to our church and to the church offices, and she needed to talk to me. And in the midst of the conversation, she had come to the conclusion that she was beyond saving. There was, she had done something that was so awful and so terrible that God could never save her. And, and no matter what I tried, I couldn't convince her otherwise. No matter what I said, I couldn't convince her otherwise. And she wouldn't tell me what it was. It was too awful for me to even know what it was. But it was so great, it was so severe, that she knew she could never be forgiven and she could never be saved. At the time, I thought, this is an odd, strange anomaly. I'll, I'll never meet anyone like that. Well, I've met plenty since then. In fact, multiple people like that who have come to some conclusion that there is something in their life, some moral failure, something that's happened in their life that is so great and so deep that they can't be saved. And the real problem is this, unbelief. Unbelief. They think their sins are greater and more potent than the righteousness of God. They think that somehow the righteousness that Jesus Christ is offering and would give to us is not so opaque enough to cover us completely without their own sins shining through. My sin, my grief, my misery, my sorrow, my background, my past is more potent and more powerful than anything that the eternal God could put upon me and cover with. I, they're not expressing contrition. They're expressing unbelief. They're expressing unbelief. Oh, anyone can come. Anyone, no matter what they've done. 
no matter where they've been, no matter what their life was, what their past was. I have uh, my first time to Indonesia. I was ministering in a church with a pastor, and the pastor informed me that his father was the first believer in his family and that his grandfather was a cannibal. That's not a great parentage, you see. The ancestry didn't go. He didn't have a long chart. It was anyone, to all, comes this righteousness. To all who believe, what a wonderful, wonderful truth. Some eight years ago or so, I did a training with our pastors in North India. After having received the training, they went out and began to work to pray for their people in their neighborhood and their friends. And one pastor was praying for a worker that was helping him build a wall at his house. And this worker ultimately came to hear the gospel from him. This worker had come out of a lifestyle being in drugs and there was a part of kind of like the, the group of people that were selling drugs. He was struck by the truth of it and he wanted to respond. And His question was, can God save me from any sin? Can God cover any of my sins? Any. Can God save me from the sin of drugs and selling drugs? Yes. Can God save me from the sin of murder? Yes. Life is cheap in those places. God, you can save you from that as well. Do you know that brother is one of the brothers who gathers every week in that pastor's house to pray for me and my family? To all. To all. Just one more story. I was reminded of this just two days ago. Received an email from our brother, Herman Tequez, that we work with in Colombia. He was taking a picture of a work he was doing in the mountains of Colombia with the Giambiano tribesmen. I was there with them just before COVID took place. We did a training there can't get around there without a flashlight. In fact, when I went there, the one thing he asked me was if I would bring a pack of flashlights with us because you can't at night travel so dark and you're up in the middle of these mountains. So there was a young student that was leaving and he had a flashlight and he's walking along with a flashlight and all of a sudden the man comes out of the shadows and the man has a, a military rifle and the man says, I want to travel with you. You need to, to lead me because my flashlight has stopped working and so you need to take me to where I, I need to go through this path. And so and he was a member of one of these terrorist groups that are active in that area and they're brutal in their terrorism. The young man thought, well, since I, this man has forced me to go with him, I'll share the gospel with this man. So he starts sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ, how Jesus loves you and God sent his son to die for your sins and God can forgive you and can transform your life. And the, they came to the place where the man wanted to depart. He said, I'm taking off here and he left. The next day, the young student goes back to where the church was gathering and when he arrived there, this stranger came in. The stranger began to share his testimony. And it had been the terrorist, this man who was a part of this, this terroristic organization, this group that was ruling these mountains. And the man said, I went home and I thought about these things and I responded and I got to forgive my sins and to change my heart and he's transformed me. And I don't, I don't want to be a part of the community being a part of. And I, I want to confess to you and ask you to forgive me for stealing from your houses from forcing things upon you, from bringing destruction, and I want you to pray for me. But I also, I have to leave now. Because when you join those groups, and you become a follower, and you stop being in those groups, you don't live. So I'm going to have to go somewhere else. Would you please pray for me as I travel away? The commitment that man made. But ah, oh, it's a reminder, see. It's to all. To anyone. To all. What a wonderful, wonderful truth. The next thing we see here is God has provided this righteousness upon all that believe. To all and upon all. This righteousness in this sense is described like a coat 
that is placed upon a person, regardless of the stains they bear, regardless of the scars they wear that mar their bodies. Here is this righteousness of God that they're clothed with that completely and utterly covers them. Shared this dream that I had on maybe one or two other occasions. Actually wrote about it in a, a book that I wrote. I don't have very many dreams and usually when you wake up you can't remember your dreams, but this dream I remember. In my dream I was standing on a great plain and looking all the way off to the horizon line and then it was night and all of a sudden I saw the sun rising up off of the horizon line and yet it was more glorious and beautiful than anything I'd ever seen before. And it rose up and I couldn't take my eyes off of it. It was so beautiful and lustrous and more powerful and potent than anything I'd ever seen before but at the same time I could look at it. The next thing I realized that it wasn't just rising up and scoping up above me but that all of a sudden it was advancing towards me with rapidity and then as I looked and I was stunned at it and I was caught up in the glory of it I realized that it wasn't the sun S-U-N but it was the sun S-O-N he was coming for me and he arrives it's this bright shining outflow is the outflow and the shining of this glorious robe of righteousness that he's wearing and he's coming for me and then in my dream I see that I'm wearing the same robe that what he has on, I have on. And there's an inquisitiveness within me. And he reads what I'm thinking. And what I'm thinking is, how did, this, how did I get this glory? Where did it come from? And he answers me and he says, I place it upon you when you put your faith in me. And you've been wearing it all along since that day. That's being clothed and being clothed upon with the righteousness of God. That's what he offers to all and upon all who believe in him. What a wonderful truth. What a wonderful truth that's being revealed to us here. Let's look at one more thing. God provides this righteousness to all and upon all who believe in Jesus Christ as his response to the universal lack of righteousness as a response to our sins and the universal lack of any way of achieving righteousness on our own. It says here, for there's no difference, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. If we are going to be made righteous, it's going to have to come from somewhere other than ourselves. It's going to have to be a solution not as all the other religions provide, work for it, gain it, do this thing, do that thing. It's going to have to be a merit or a righteousness that you can't produce, that God provides for you completely. Because the argument of the New Testament is that it's impossible. Everyone has sinned, and the testimony of their sins witnesses against them. They'll never be made right by their own efforts. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and so if we're going to be right... It's going to have to come to us by trusting in something that's sourced outside of us to bring that righteousness to us. So Paul's point here, at least in part, is that no one can exempt themselves from this sole option of being made right. No one can say, I'm going to come at this a different way. The Jew can't think that he can establish any righteousness merely by following the moral laws that God gave at Mount Sinai. The morally superior person can't think that they have an advantage over the reprobate, over the thief, or the murderer. Yes, 
Some sins are worse than others. Some sins bring a person lower into the bowels of the earth and near, in that sense, to hell itself. Others have sins that seemingly are minor and that leave them strutting upon the surface of things. And other sins are awful and they place people in deep, dark, dank ditches and caves of corruption. But regardless of what the sin is, comparatively, none of us have such a righteousness that allows us to scale and reach out and touch the stars. We're still grounded in our sins. And there's only one way for us to gain a righteousness. It's to receive a righteousness that's not our own, that comes by faith alone in the righteous one, Jesus Christ, and what he's provided for us. Now that's part of what is being said here. That's part of the argument. There, there's something else, though, I want you to see here that I think is quite wonderful that we shouldn't miss. It's this, that this statement that there is no difference for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God is a universal declaration of need that God has answered. And God has answered it because there was no other way for us to be saved. So this passage declares something about God's own heart. Our sin, our inability to save ourselves from our sins, our lack of any righteousness of our own, establishes on God's part a necessity to bring to us a righteousness that comes to us through faith in Jesus Christ. Thanks for listening in today to The Bread of Life. Keep the missionaries of Church Partnership Evangelism in your prayers as they work in Ecuador and Cambodia and India and Indonesia and Greece and Bulgaria to release the body of Christ as his witnesses. Find out more by going to breadoflifeboise.org. Until the next time, may God bless you.